congregation that is first read together from the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 19, on page 47. Question 50. Why is it added, and sitteth at the right hand of God? The answer, because Christ is ascended into heaven for this end, that he might appear as head of his church, by whom the Father governs all things. Question 51. What profit is this glory of Christ, our head unto us? Answer first that by his Holy Spirit he pours out heavenly graces upon us, his members, and then that by his power he defends and preserves us against all enemies. And question 52, what comfort is it to us today that Christ shall come again to judge the quick and the dead? And so that in all my sorrows and persecutions, with uplifted head, I look for the very same person who before offered himself for my sake to the tribunal of God and has removed all curse from me to come as a judge from heaven who shall cast all his and my enemies into everlasting condemnation, but shall translate me with all his chosen ones to himself into heavenly joy and glory. So far. Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father is the theme for tonight. Christ sitting on the right hand of the Father. Three thoughts. His reward. Sitting at the right hand of the Father was deserved. He was rewarded for it. Secondly, his gift. From heaven, from the right hand of God, he sent so many graces, so many gifts to this world. And in the third place, his coming. He is sitting at the right hand, but he also comes again. He returns. Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father, his reward, his gifts, his coming. Congregation, children, young people, you may remember that it was first a time of humiliation. Some was putting the Lord Jesus down. No, not the people of Israel, not the Roman soldiers, not Pontius Pilate, but the Father. God the Father humbled him. He humbled himself, but he was also humiliated. And he received in his heart that feeling of God's wrath, of God's heart displeasure. So after 
those five steps of humiliation, we have four steps of exaltation, if you may remember. Because death could not hold him. The Lord Jesus had not done anything wrong. And he was also exalted. The Father rose him. The Father raised him from the dead. The Father exalted him and took him to heaven. And in the third place, the Father let him sit at his right hand. Now, did Christ have a physical body there? Yes. He took his physical body to heaven. Immortal, glorified, but yes, he did. What does it mean then that he was sitting at the right hand of the Father? Does the Father have a body? No. He is a spirit. So that is a metaphor. That is a picture that the Lord Jesus Christ received the place of honor at the right hand of the Father. And the Lord Jesus was enjoying that. It was the joy set for him. He longed for that time that Christ, that he will be on the right hand of his Father. It's remarkable. The Lord Jesus spoke about this even with the chief priest. Do you, you remember that? The chief priests and elders in the council sought witnesses. They wanted to condemn him unto death. And they could not find witnesses. But found none. At last came two false witnesses. And said, this fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God. And to build up in three days. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is this with these witnesses against thee? But Jesus held his peace. And the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the true Christ, the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast said. Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying he has spoken, blaspheme, blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. But the Lord Jesus, he told Pontius Pilate, and he told the chief priests, that they would see sitting him on the right hand of the Father and then coming with power. Christ knew it all the way. And there's also a very well-known psalm about it. Psalm 110. 110, rather. The psalm of David. The Lord 
said unto my Lord. How can it be? How can God speak to God? Exactly. And that is what the Lord Jesus also quoted for the Pharisees. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make the enemies thy footstool. That is a psalm quoted in the New Testament, believe it or not, 21 times. 21 times in the New Testament, Psalm 110, Psalm 110 is called. The Lord has said to my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand. Also in Psalm 2 it is predicted. The ascension and the sitting on the right hand of the Father is an important piece of the doctrine. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thy inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with rod iron. Thou shalt dozen in pieces as a potter's vessel. So the Lord Jesus was expecting this. Expecting to be raised from the dead. Expect to be taken to heaven. And expected, expected to reign after that for years and years and years. The ascension was a one-time thing. The sitting at the right hand of the Father was an ongoing thing. And the Lord Jesus looked forward to that. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him and do the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He revealed himself as the Christ and the King of the church. And he said, I'd do anything to accomplish this. And he was rewarded by that. For he suffered much. He was beaten and scorched and nailed on the cross. It looked the end of Christianity. Looked like as if it was a fiasco. A lost case. Christ rose, received the highest place of honor. And now he is the head of the church. By whom the Father governs all things. Not only spiritual things, all things. So the Lord Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven and governs all things as the head of the church. He is the executive of the Father. Like Joseph was under king in Egypt and reigned for the Pharaoh. So the Lord Jesus, at the right hand of the Father, is, has, has received all the power to govern the universe. Not only the world, everything. 
Christ is in everything first, the prince of the kings of the earth. But they see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. She was crowned. The day of ascension is the coronation day, and then after that time he sits at the right hand of the Father with the crown on his head. He is the king. And that is the crown the Lord Jesus reserved. There's a reason why he receives so much glory. Therefore, it says, therefore, therefore God has highly exalted him. His Father, his Father highly exalted him and has given him a name which is above every name. So not the people, not the angels, but his Father honored him. He did not just exalt him, he highly exalted his own son. So Ascension Day and the days after were very happy days. Happy days of God's exaltation. And therefrom he reigns over all things. He's in all things number one. He is the one with all power who reigns and who is in control of everything. Jesus. He is involved in all things. You can't keep him out. He's always connected. And this Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. So that is the address that they need to go. Where spiritual needs, also a daily needs and earthly needs. Because he has all power in heaven and on earth. And we read in John 17, as does giving him power over our flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as does given him. So, given power over our flesh, also over people. He reigns. The Lord Jesus is involved in the providence of God. You would say, is that true? The Lord Jesus reigns all things, all flesh, and the whole universe? Yes. You say, well, what about all the suffering in the world? What about the Ukraine and China and the Middle East and also close by our suffering here on earth in our families at work financially and bodily? Yes, he reigns. And all things have a purpose. Nothing happens without his knowledge, consent, or will. Even the devil cannot do anything independently. Christ is behind the wheel of the world. 
He is the captain of our faith. He is the Lord of lords. So his father really honored him, didn't he? The father really felt that his son deserved to be taken to heaven and to sit at his right hand. Well, if the father exalts him, should we not do it? If the father is convinced that he deserves that, does he deserve our glory and our honor? Or he does Maybe you can reserve a part of that in your prayer tonight. That you glorify the Son. That you speak to the Lord Jesus. That he is king forever. And glorify him. Speak some details about it. And let this be formed into a prayer. Pray over this. Over his exaltation. And pray over his sitting at the right hand of the Father. And is it also a comfort to us? Do we not only highly esteem him, but also depend upon him? Do we entrust our lives unto him? Or are we angry with how things are going in our lives? Do we have rebellion with him? Saying, I don't like the way it goes. And now I hear that the Lord Jesus is involved in all things. Maybe you don't like it. But now to surrender and say, Lord Jesus, I need thee for my soul in the first place. May I after that also rely on thee for all other things. Seek first the kingdom of God. And then all things shall be added to you by this king. Because he has all the power, he's all the might. But don't forget the priority. First, your soul for eternity. A gift of second thought, his gift. Congregation, young people, and a king in Israel went out to the battlefield and conquered the enemy, they came home to, their, to the capital, not with empty hands. But they took the spoil, the loot, or the booty, a different words for that. So thousands of sheep and cows and camels and wagons loaded with silver and gold, and he, he, he was first going into the city, and they just made the gates even higher as if they needed it. He was entering triumphantly. The gates opened and beckoned him to come in, and his, the train, he got the train, followed him with all the wagons and all the sheep and all the camels and the looty, the booty. And then after the, at the middle of the city, those animals and treasures were shared with the people. They also could take part of it. And there was joy, joy that the king came back. And then the king came back with so much treasure, 
So that is used, that example is used in the Psalms regarding the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus conquered and he came to heaven and he drew all the gifts with him. And from heaven he is going to share them with the church especially. So here is Psalm 24 about them. But they were singing when they came back from the battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. See that? Often the ladies were singing when they came in, like they sang for Saul and David, right? That they had slain their thousands and their ten thousands. Or think of Psalm 68. Thou hast descended on high, thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts for men, yea, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God might dwell among them. So the Lord Jesus went to heaven to reign, but also to share gifts, to hand them out. What gifts? Well, I think I have five different ones for you. Five types of gifts the Lord Jesus is sharing from heaven with the church especially. In the first place, he came to heaven and sends to his church the Holy Spirit. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has set for this, which ye now see and hear. The apostle Peter said on the day of Pentecost. He said, this is what we have expected. This is him who was exalted by the right hand of God, and he has given us the Holy Ghost. That is also confirmed in John 16. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So, children, why did the Lord Jesus go to heaven? Why did he sit at the right hand of the Father? Why is he king forever? What is the purpose? One of them is that he also is giving gifts unto men. And the greatest gift is the Holy Spirit. A gift, a heavenly gift. Because the gift originates in heaven and is also of a heavenly quality with a heavenly purpose. What else? 
Po daudzis tu lodzīzis šķēri. What are the treasures he took to heaven and is now shaming with, 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 with the church? Well, spiritual gifts. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit, to another faith, by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing, by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. See those special gifts more than we have now. Some of them are temporary gifts, and the Lord Jesus bestowed them upon the church to strengthen them in those beginning years. It was hard for them to survive and to make clear to the world that they were the church of God. So the Holy Spirit has, has given them what we call charismata, spiritual gifts. And those spiritual gifts are not the same anymore. But still, the Lord gives also some of them in the churches. You talk about the gifts. The Holy Spirit is one. The spiritual gifts for God's people is another one. The third is the gift of office bearers. Office bearers, pastors, elders, deacons. Has it anything to do with Ascension Day and with the sitting at the right hand of God? Oh, yes. Absolutely. I can prove that. Because I read in Ephesians 4 a reference to Ascension Day, to Psalm 68, and it is applied in verse 11 on the offices. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. So some are temporary offices and also the offices that, that remain. Also pastors and teachers. That is actually one. The pastors are the teachers. The teachers are the pastors. And we pray also today and this Wednesday, the Lord willing, we pray for those gifts to be poured out. That he who sits on the right hand of the Father and reigns will do that. And that he will do wonders. And I was just already thinking about being, being, being accepted by the tutorial. And I was just thinking of someone commenting. I say, that person, he went to the consistory. He was accepted by the curatorium. No way. I can't think that's a good choice. He does not qualify. In my eyes, it's a failure. I, I, I feel bad about it. It's a mistake. Well, 
what if the Lord would, would grant gifts? What if the Lord would endow that person with his fear? What if the Lord is pouring out gifts from his right hand, from the right hand of his Father, and to this person? You better pray for that. Better pray for the offerers. Also, you don't trust them so much. Also, you see that things should be different. Ask the Lord to be, to be mindful of them. Holy Spirit is pouring out those gifts not only over over, over there, but also over the whole congregation. Because we need meekness and hospitality and generosity and compassion and so many gifts of holiness. Another gift is the gift of protection. The protection of sitting at the right hand of the Father. Look at question 51. What profit is this glory of Christ our head unto us? First, that he by his Holy Spirit he pours out heavenly graces upon us, his members, and then that by his power he defends and preserves us against our enemies. So that defending and preserving is also part of it. It's also a gift from God. So the Lord Jesus, in five steps, was put down, and he did the work, he absorbed the wrath. In the next steps, he was raised from the dead because he could not be kept by death. He had not sinned one sin. He had he has ascended into heaven, and then the time begins of the millennium. The thousand years of reign. The Lord Jesus reigning, not on earth but in heaven. And in heaven he reigns and makes all things well until the end comes. And then in the end there will be turmoil and tribulation and the people of Israel will be converted to the Lord, at least many of them. There will be also many tribulations in the world, in, in, in the earth, also eruptions and droughts and so many more ways of suffering. So Christ is at the right hand of the Father. He received the reward. He is there to be there for the church. He makes also intercession for them, as you have seen last week, but also arranged. If you could believe that for yourself, he arranged all the details, not only God in general, but the Lord Jesus in, in, in particular. For the warmth, for the comfort, that would be the Lord reigneth. In the third place, is coming. Congregation, we are talking about the last day of the world when the Lord Jesus returns 
How would you feel about that? He comes back to judge the quick and the dead. Would there be any comfort in there? You say this, the Lord teaches me something about it. But what is the comfort? It's remarkable that that is the wording of our catechism. What comfort is it to thee? What comfort is it that thou, that Christ shall come again to judge the quick and the dead? Maybe you say, it's not a comfort. Please don't come. Please not yet. I'm terrified. Please delay it as long as possible. You're not asking for him to come back. There's no comfort in that, is there? And yet, it is on purpose that Zechariah used the word comfort. Because it is a comfort. Why? It is a comfort for God's people. The Lord will set all things straight. They may have been wronged, falsely accused, unjustly convicted, in court, maybe in interrelationships that people just gossip about them and say bad things behind their backs. But on the day of judgment, all things will be set straight. And the Lord will stick up for his people. It's a comfort, right? It's a sort of comfort that at the day the book of life will be opened. It's a book of sin and remembrance of sin. We all have sinned, and our sins are in the books as well. But it's also a book of the, the, the names of the elect. What a blessing, what a, what a comfort it is that the Lord has it all on paper, so to speak, not literally. It's all in his mind that the Lord will do it right. And don't forget that this catechism is written in a time of persecution. So there was fear. People terrified. Many died on the, on, on the stake. Many were imprisoned for years, like John Bunyan and others. Give you the bread as well. Many suffered. And it was a comfort for them that they were coming to an end. It will not continue and continue on forever. The Lord will interfere. He will come back. He will also let our people rise from the dead. He will establish a new kingdom. He will create new heavens and a new earth. That's a comfort. But it is not an ongoing suffering. It comes an end to that. Luke 21. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your head for your redemption draws nigh. Your redemption draws nigh. Many of us live comfortable lives, although a number of us are suffering as well. Suffering from all different types of things. There's so much going on that I don't know. In families. 
depression. I, have no, I don't see the purpose of life anymore. Abuse, broken relationships, dysfunctional families, suffering marriages. Oh, see God. See to repent. See the Lord Jesus. You need to find and get to know him. And that, might be, that, that is the only real hope. The suffering will not continue for God's people. But if you don't belong to that people, it will only get worse. It will be an infinite time of hell. So the Lord Jesus will return. Will it be a strange Jesus? Will it be someone you know already? And you have spoken to before and has spoken to you? Or will you say, I don't know you. I don't remember you. I never see you. We also think of them suffering bodily and may know the Lord Jesus Though the Lord Jesus with his, is with his body at the right hand of the Father, his church is sitting there with him. Also, hope for the body. Is it the comfort that the Lord will cast his enemies and our enemies in eternal hellfire? That is what I read here. So... What is the comfort of that? That in all my sorrows and persecutions, you see, with uplifted head, I look for the very same person, the Lord Jesus, who before offered himself for my sake to the tribunal of God and has removed all curse from me, not the comfort, to come as judge from heaven who shall cast all his and my enemies into everlasting condemnation. How can they ask that? How can be a comfort that the enemies on earth will be cast into hellfire? Well, let's keep in mind that it's not a personal vendetta, not so that God's children are happy with the condemnation of the enemies, but they take sides with the Lord. And that's why they say this, cast all his and my enemies. If someone is an enemy of Christ, then I also have the same feelings of distance. And I would like God to receive honor and glory. But God's children suffer themselves when they see the thing of the condemnation of their fellow men. Philippians 3. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and I'll tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. So the apostle was also weeping. But yet he also received the comfort that the Lord will cast out God and his enemies in eternal condemnation. 
Christ has not returned yet. Do you know why not? Why not? Why has he not come yet? There's a reason. We read in 2 Peter 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust, and saying there, where is the promise of his coming? Since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they are. Nothing is changing. So, is it a joke? The same coming? I don't see it happening. And then the answer is, but what does Peter say? The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to others, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See? So the second coming is kind of delayed. Not really, but in our perspective. Kind of delayed because there are more people that need to be saved yet. And the Lord is not finished yet. So therefore he continues with this life. And the Lord Jesus reigning from the right hand of the Father. And he is making sure that his elect will be saved. Many things, many dramatic things will happen yet. Let no man deceive you by any means, for the day shall not come, shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, be an antichrist, and tribulation, and problems, and wars, and rumors of wars. But then it will come, yet unexpectedly, and we must hurry. Death is coming. And Christ will come back. Or will we be prepared? The Bible says, My son, my daughter, give me your heart. So may I take a few words out of that? Give your heart unto the Lord Jesus. He is coming. He is returning. And he has taken the curse on him. And he'll make sure that the church is alive and that none will be missed. Someday the trumpet will blow and the new Jerusalem will descend out of heaven. And the Lord will give that new Jerusalem a place on the new earth. That in all my sorrows and persecutions, see that? Plural persecutions. With uplifted head. I look up for the same person who before offered himself for my sake to the tribunal of God has removed all curse from me. See what the comfort it is? To come as judge from heaven. Yes, he takes care of all the enemies and he will take the chosen ones to himself. He will not bring him somewhere, but he brings him to a place that he is, to himself, in heavenly joys and glory. So seek that joy, also in plural, heavenly joys and glory. 
You see, you're not supposed to be so selfish that you look for your own joy. You know what? If you rejoice in the Lord, there's nothing that honors God more. To rejoice in Him. In heavenly joys and glory. Amen.